I've been working in that for about 15 years and I decided to take a left turn and go into more of an IT role, medical imaging informatics. So I, I moved into that role and about three and a half to four years later, I decided, you know what, this is very interesting. I like the, you know, medical imaging informatics, but it just, it didn't feel right. and didn't feel like it was a perfect fit for me. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. People make career changes all the time. That's a normal thing. Unfortunately, many of those career changes are not great moves. In reality, what we find when we meet up with so many people after they've made a career change is that they're just running from a portion of their past job, whether it's a bad boss, a toxic environment, trying to raise their salary, trying to lower the amount of stress and responsibility, when instead they should be figuring out what they really actually want and then run towards that. So what happens if you've had that situation? What happens if you have made a career change only to realize that your previous career actually fit you much better? Technology and culture can advance or it can change quickly. How do you pivot back to your previous career path after some time has passed and make it even better? After I put my mind to, okay, what do I want to do you know, for the next several years, if not till the end of my career. And, and that's, you know, what I really enjoyed. I just needed to, to kind of get out of my mindset that I was for so many years. And I think actually stepping out of the role in a 3D imaging and then coming back, I have kind of a new outlook on things. That's Louis. He went to college for medical imaging. He spent years then afterwards working in the 3D imaging field. And as you might imagine, he felt like someplace along the way, he needed a career change. But once he made that change, he quickly realized that his health and his family life were being very negatively affected. Listen as he shares why he changed careers from medical imaging into IT and the struggles that he faced when he made that change. And most importantly, take a listen further in the episode to how he pivoted back into the pieces he loved most from his previous career, ultimately leading him to... Much, much more happiness more often in both career and the other areas of his life. I started out in college as an x-ray technologist in radiology and went further into a degree with in medical imaging. So I learned about CT and ultrasound and MRI. And in school, I did a research paper on 3D imaging. So there's a lot of applications of 3D of the heart, 3D of the vessels, bones, things like that. There's additional application that you can be involved with that go along with the software of like a CT or MRI machine. So yeah. it was a very new area of medical imaging and I found it very interesting. So I wrote a paper about this certain topic and by writing the paper and reaching out to different people, I was able to get a job working in this very new and up and coming software technology. At the time, it was only in the university setting. Um, a lot of researchers, a lot of vendors were working, collaborating with clinicians on developing this technology and making it, you know, fast forward probably 15 or 20 years, making it a very mainstream part of medical imaging. 
So I've been working in that for about 15 years. And about four years ago, I decided to take a left turn and go into more of an IT role, uh, medical imaging informatics. I moved into that role and about four years later, three and a half to four years later, I decided, you know what, this is very interesting. I like the, you know, medical imaging informatics, but it just, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like it was a perfect fit for me. So I kind of did some, you know, recollecting of what I like to do and what I was good at, the kind of work that I enjoyed. And I came to the decision that I kind of wanted to get back into the 3D imaging work that I you know, that I've done for so long. So the reason why I reached out to Scott, to you and your team was medical imaging is a very dynamic department and field. And I've been out of the area that I specialized in for four years. So I knew I needed to reach out via LinkedIn and, and my contacts and, and get, you know, just get back in the game. So I wanted some help because I know that I really had one shot to reach out to my network and wanted to be a little bit more methodical and really get some tips on what direction to go and and how to handle that. So I found some of your podcasts online and, and I thought, man, this is, this sounds really great. So, you know, the rest is history. I went through and went through the boot camp that you offer and ended up reaching out to a lot of my contacts uh, within, within medical imaging. And, and one, before I even started pursuing a specific job that I have now, I learned a lot about my field, but I didn't even, I guess I was in a vacuum when I left the 3D imaging area. And, <laughs> that does happen um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I really found out how much I didn't know in a field that I'd been in for 15 years. So, you know, it was a learning experience. You know, I just started putting the pen to paper and reaching out to people and requesting time, you know, like the, like the boot camp leads us to do. That's kind of a, a long summary of, of how I got to where I'm at, but uh, yeah, that covers on you know, past, present, and future. That's perfect. We're going to come back and talk about several portions of that because one, I'm really interested because I haven't been able to discuss it with you firsthand up until now. But then second, I'm really curious, would you be willing to share a little bit of light on some of the big events that led you to deciding why you needed to change in the first place? It sounded like one, the work environment at your previous role was requiring a lot. Is that putting it Mildly. Yes. Yes. Sure. I was new in the field. Um, the opportunity that presented itself to me was because of the rapport that I built with um, some of the physicians that I work with and some of the administration. I was suggested for this position, but it was new. I'd had a little bit of IT training and a look, kind of a beginner type certification, but I hadn't worked in the field directly. So I stepped in and worked really hard. I learned a lot, but it was just a lot to take on with the day-to-day work and the trying to learn and understand a lot of the science behind and the technology behind what I was doing. And then, you know, this is the last year of my position. We went home and and everybody worked from home for COVID. So I think everything happens for a reason, but I think that going home and working from home was nice. And everybody's had that experience now on a grand scale. But I think what that did was kind of put me in a vacuum. And I still needed my other teammates to kind of directly interact. I mean, we had Zoom, we had web meetings, but it's just not the same. I think working from home now, I understand that for me personally, a hybrid approach would be great. It's nice and convenient to work from home, but there's always that people factor that you're not going to get unless you go in and, and with the team and meet and the talk around the water cooler type things. So that played an impact. And I can tell that for sure, looking back that, yeah, I felt kind of on an island. And I just, you know, like I said, it eventually just felt like I was trying to fit in. I was trying to work really hard and I wasn't going anywhere, kind of like running on a treadmill. So with that, I thought, okay, it's, it's time to start looking. And really, after I really put my mind to, okay, what do I want to do? 
you know, for the next several years, if not till the end of my career. And that's, you know, what I really enjoyed. I just needed to kind of get out of my mindset that I was for so many years. And I think actually stepping out of the role in a 3D imaging and then coming back, I have kind of a new outlook on things. So that's interesting. Tell me about that for just a minute. When you say, you know, I needed to get out of my mindset that I was in for so many years. What do you mean by that? What mindset did you need to get out of? I think that I was in an environment up until when I left for about eight or nine years. And it was very exciting because I brought a new technology to a health system that they hadn't been introduced to it officially. So what I did was establish a team, establish protocols, work with physicians. You know, I put a public relations hat on and, and reached out to different specialties and service lines. And that was really exciting and our volumes increased and it was great. But then things kind of plateaued. I mean, it wasn't a bad thing because we were still busy and I just didn't feel like I was growing, which wasn't a horrible thing. But then I had this opportunity present itself to me and I thought, you know what? I think this is a way that I can grow. And I did. It was fascinating to get into the IT world. But after, I guess you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) And so getting (laughs) into it, I, I learned things and I still think it's interesting, but as far as the day-to-day work, I wanted to get back into the subject matter that I worked so long in. It's just stepping out of a role that you've been stale in or, or in a vacuum, you come out and look at it and think, okay, I need to take another approach to this. So now the environment that I'm in, it's, it's also very new. This organization is much bigger than I worked in before. A lot of the structure to build this area is already there and it's not all the weight's not on me. So I can go in this department and share my expertise and my experience but we're not really starting from the ground up. So it's different. You know, I'm not the go-to guy anymore, (laughs) so to speak. I do have a lot of experience and I'm sharing that with my teammates, but there's a lot of pressure off. I can leave at the end of the day and come home and not think about work until the next morning. And that's, you know, prioritizing family and my health. It's becoming a perfect fit. So what's so interesting is I remember having a conversation with you. Geez, when was that? I guess that was about six months ago, almost five, six months. Yeah. I yeah, think five months last November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that you told me that you wanted, because I think I had asked you, hey, you know, how much do you know about what you want and what great looks like for you in the next role? And you said, you know what? I think would be perfect. And I know not everybody wants this, but I would love to just have, I think you said less responsibility initially. And then we kind of pinned it down to as like a different type of responsibility because you wanted to be able to come home and focus on your family and not worry about (laughs) everything else that was going on. So it's so (laughs) fun to hear you say, Hey, guess what? Now I can come home and focus on my family (laughs) and my health and everything else (laughs) and just not worry about <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Scott, because I did say that. And, um, you know, I answered my own question and granted my own request, I guess. So that's really, I think, fascinating on many different levels, partially because I got the impression a little bit at the time. It's like, hey, I know that I want this, but I'm not sure how much I believe that is possible for my next step in some way or another. And I might be oversimplifying here, but how has your perspective on that changed from that conversation six, five, six months ago to now you making the change and having some of those opportunities where it allows you to focus on your family in more of the way you want to and allows you to focus on your health in more of the way that you want to versus how you were thinking about it back then? So I think when I first got out of my role, my past role that I left, my health was, and I won't get into all the health details, but I was tired all the time. It was starting to affect my health. And at the time when I left my old position, I just wanted another job. I knew what I wanted to do and I needed help to get there. 
but I was willing to take, <laughs> really take, really to take anything that wasn't where I was. My wife and I started working on budgets and I thought, okay, what can I work as far as salary, you know, a bridge job, or can I take a job to get to my next job? But my main focus and my main priority, even till today was my health and my family. I didn't really necessarily want to move up into like management or industry where I would be traveling a lot and up all hours of the night. So that helped me kind of curtail my, my idea of where I wanted to go. And then, you know, ultimately you want to have a good job, great hours, great pay. You know, you kind of make a list of things that are, you know, the pie chart of, okay, I really want this and this is okay. And you kind of rank those things in your mind. And really the way that this opportunity came about is it's a little bit of everything. It's a great balance. I think there's growth and there's excitement in the job. I feel like I can be a part of the team. I think I've already added some of my experience to help things off the starting block. But again, I don't see in my position right now. I mean, I might have opportunities to move up and over in my new role, but for now in the short term, I'm completely fine with doing what I'm doing and relaxing and not being overstressed. You know, I have my time back with my family. I'm healthy. I'm in better shape than I was when I was a young man (laughs) and I enjoy what I do. So it's, you know, it's kind of a win-win. So my ideal career, I can't think of anything better than I would, that I have right now. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So many different ways. And I think that as I listen to you talk about it too, I think what is coolest for me or what I think is most impressive as I look at the change that you have made is these pieces that you had decided that you want are not always popular pieces either. Like it's not always the socially acceptable thing to do. Like, you know, for most of this is especially common in the, in the United States, but it is in some other countries too, where it's like, Hey, you need to move up. You need to move up. You need to have this type of growth and you have very specific ideas of what that means. And for you, you tried that out a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> in some ways and determined, Hey, this is not right for me. And then decided that, Hey, I'm going in a direction that is right for me and right for me right now. And that allows me to focus on my family and health and the things that are most important to me at this point in time. So sure. kudos to you, first of all, because <laughs> you and I both know that going against any kind of norms is not right. always easy. Right. And second of all, there's no small amount of work that it takes to be able to get there. And I'd love to talk to you a little bit about what that looked like from the inside out. I think it's so easy on some of these podcast episodes where we'll have stories and you know people are in their new role and they're excited about it and everything. And sometimes we jump over how this actually happened and it is no small amount of work. So could you take us through what were some of the key events that took place that allowed you to be able to get into this opportunity that you're now in. And I know, Scott, you wanted to ask me a few questions at the end of the podcast, but I will say that I would call it a struggle because, you know, happened to your career boot camp was a little overwhelming. I went through all the modules. Of course, I jumped ahead. Um, <laughs> you would expect nothing else from you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there were part of, parts about the interview and the resumes and connecting, which at first glance, you're like, okay, you're searching for a new career. That's going to kind of refine what you already know and give you kind of a direction. But then there was that more of a conceptual thing of developing your strengths and finding them and knowing what your weaknesses are and building off your strengths with your weaknesses, that was hard to get a handle on. And so I got the, I did the strengths test, strength assessment, and it was very, very accurate. And I had to read through it two or three times and I highlighted things I'm like, 
oh my gosh, you know, so that was very helpful, but I couldn't quite get a grasp on how that would affect me professionally. So what I did was, and it really helped me out. And I talked to Mo, my coach about this is I went through in as much detail as I could. And I wrote down, I line itemed everything is all the interaction that I've ever had with people in every single job. I put, okay, this particular situation I struggled in this particular situation I excelled in this, you know, this interaction with a person, this is how they were. And this is how I was. And I felt like I handled the situation well. So you kind of go through your mind in every single job. And I, I mean, it took me a while because different situations you remember either it was really good or it was really bad. So all the good situations and how I came out of those situations would kind of reflect on my strengths. And like one of my strengths was that I include everybody. And I thought, okay, well, when I supervised 10 people, I made big decisions, but I tried to get input from my employees before I told them this is the way it was. So I thought, okay, yeah, that's an example of me being an includer. So that helps gear that somewhat of an abstract concept to, okay, I need to see what kind of employee I am. I need to see what kind of boss I am. So that made everything relevant. And I really, it kind of turned some lights on and and kind of sent me in the right direction. When you say it turned some lights on and it sent you in the right direction, what's an example of that in the process? How did that change your career change process? One thing that comes to mind right away was, and at this time, I didn't know which way I was going. Yeah. It really gave me some in-depth knowledge on what my strengths were and what my weaknesses were professionally. So now, and if I ever get another job or have to interview anything, I can really talk about my strengths and weaknesses because I think, you know, we all kind of sweat a little bit on, you know, what is your weakness? Can you tell me what you struggle with? It's kind of hard, but then with the strengths and the weaknesses that I've developed and worked with, I can really tell them and give them examples of what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are. So that when I interviewed, those questions weren't asked to me, but I think I was very well beyond prepared to talk to them about what my strengths were and what my weaknesses were. I think that alone would be a genuine response that any person interviewing you would appreciate. How are you getting to utilize your strengths now that you have a much, much better ability to articulate what your strengths actually are? How are you getting to utilize those in your new role? What does that look like on a day-to-day basis for you? There's only three people on my team right now. We plan on growing. But the other two people on my team, they have a different skill set than I do. And we coincide well together. And it's only been about two and a half weeks since I've had the position. But As we talk more and more, I talk about what I've worked in and they talk about what they worked in. And if they don't quite follow what I'm saying, then I make sure they understand things. And I talk from when we talk to physicians, I kind of talk about we instead of me about what we are going to do instead of what I plan to do. So it's kind of, you know, I'm including, you know, I don't want to take all the credit. I've been there and I have experience, but I'm willing to share that experience with everyone. So by that, I'm an includer. I want to, you know, be a team member. I want to be a team player. So I'll take credit when credit's due, but otherwise, you know, I can't build this and do it all on my own. So I'm not going to pretend that, I, that I'm going to. So I think that's probably, it's a very new job. And that's the only example that I can give so far, but I'm sure they're going to come some times where I'm going to think, okay, I need some help because I know this is challenging for me to overcome. But yeah, I mean, it's by going through that research and homework, I can understand that better and probably develop them as I go on what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are. As you were going through this process, what else were some of the key events that led you to the role that you're in now? What else took place that as you look back, you're like, well, I didn't know it at the time, but (laughs) that totally led me down the path of now getting this opportunity. 
this is really cool. And I'm going to hold on to this story for a long time because it was really, it was really neat how it worked out. So when I, Scott, when we had our initial interview and I talked to Mo, in my opinion, Stanford University has one of the premier departments and setups in the type of imaging that I work in. And, you know, my ideal, my golden nugget would be working at Stanford University area. So long story short, I don't work at Stanford, (laughs) but on LinkedIn, I'm connected to the gentleman that is over the area at Stanford. And I reached out to him, you know, I reached out uh, for a connection discussion and just a 15 minute uh, talk about what things are upcoming. I said, I've been out of the area for four years. I just want to see what you guys are doing. So he responded and said, hey, this Friday afternoon, I, you know, I'm leaving work early. I don't have a lot going on. Let's do a Friday afternoon. So all I asked was for 15 minutes and we talked for 40 minutes and he gave me a lot of information, great food for thought. Then he asked me where I was from. And I said, well, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. And he said, you know what? I'm working with somebody in the Indianapolis area that wants to build this 3D imaging platform. And I thought, okay, well, here we go. Here's a connection, you know, like what we call a weak connection. And so I said, that'd be great. Um, do you have his contact information? So while we were having a Zoom meeting, he emailed this gentleman and he replied back to the guy and said, hey, here's his email. He's wanting to talk to you. <laughs> so the gentleman that emailed me is my new boss. It's kind of cool how I reached out to someone in San Francisco and they connected me with someone that lives 20 minutes away from me. And what's further cool about that is we are going to be collaborating from the gentleman at Stanford. He's going to help us in some aspects of our development of our imaging area. So not only do I have a new connection with LinkedIn, but I'm working with my connection and the person that connected me with my new boss. So that kind of worked out. And I thought, man, that couldn't happen at a better time and it perfectly placed. Um, So that was really cool. That is an amazing story. What I always find fascinating about stories like that too, it's not just those individual pieces. It's not just that, you know, that reach out that led to the perfect thing and then led to the other perfect thing and boom, job opportunity. That happens to be exactly what you want is usually all of the other work that you had done leading up to it to begin to one, declare what it was that you actually wanted to say, Hey, look, I'm going to go for this. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to start reaching out to people. What the heck? I'm going to reach out to the guy in Stanford. I might as well go for the gold, right? <laughs> Even in some cases, like getting through all the head games that we play on ourselves to be able to have those, take those actions in the first place. So really, really, really nice work, not just with that itself, but all the things that led up to that as well. What do you feel like for you, when you think back on this process, what do you feel like was the hardest part or parts? Well, because I was struggling with my health, I decided to leave my last role without anything lined up. So by far, as a father and a dad, it was hard to walk out of a job without anything lined up because as a dad and a husband, you're inherently, you know, I'm the provider, I have to have a job and I need, we thought it was best that I not work, but we planned for this. We thought maybe we would, you know, someday have to live off of one income for a while. And so we did, and we did okay. We uh, put down the credit card and (laughs) really tightened our budget and, and we did fine. But I think just... What was really frustrating was I did a lot of the work. We had Mo and I had some coaching sessions that really got me going, but then I started reaching out to my contacts. And when I got to the point where I've I've reached out to all my contacts, I've done my homework. Now I just have to wait. I have to wait for somebody to reach out and say, yeah, I can talk to you. And yeah, I can, you know, I have 10 minutes, we can talk. I didn't have a job. So my job was to work on my career. So I was just kind of in limbo and 
you can only search the internet for jobs and, you know, go to companies' websites and, you know, reach out to people. And so it was frustrating because I worked really hard at it. I got up every day and worked till probably 10, 30 or 11. And then I thought, okay, now what, now what do I do? But yeah, it was frustrating. And I think everybody's going to go through that when you're changing your career or making a big move like this, because it's a process, right? And some people don't check LinkedIn, but maybe once a month or you know, once every other week. And if you're not directly connected to them and can't reach out to them directly via Facebook messaging or text message, if you can't get a direct means of communication with them and LinkedIn is all you have, then that's, you have to take that into consideration that it just, it takes time. I think the waiting game in some cases, any kind of waiting, whether it's a day or whether it is you know, <laughs> right. several months is quite possibly one of the hardest parts in general, because what's really interesting, we have a tendency to have lots of people that would describe themselves as wanting to be in control in one way or another that listen to this show, listen to this podcast, and that we also work with too. And when that is your nature or tendency, it feels doubly challenging. <laughs> and that in itself can be just a very real challenge that sometimes feels like it shouldn't be a challenge in one way or another. The other thing I really wanted to ask you too about was, you know, it's been five, six months or so since you really said, Hey, look, I'm making this change. Here's how it's going to happen. And you know, really embarked on all of the time, effort, energy, actions that made it take place. But if you were to go back to that time period, you know, five months ago, six months ago, back to where you're like, Hey, I, I know that I need to make this change. I'm going to make this a priority. What advice would you give that person that's in that place? I think, you know, what we just talked about with the waiting game and the frustration, just be patient. And, um, you know, LinkedIn is the best, I think is the best way to communicate, but you can also go to websites, go to the contact us, you know, talk to people, you know, I think people genuinely want to talk to you about their craft. So, you know, the people that did respond to me were happy to talk to me. I think that, and if they see that you're taking initiative and you genuinely are interested in what they're doing or what they can provide you, I wouldn't be afraid to reach out to anyone. I think that's the key. And I kind of had that in mind, but looking back, it really is. I mean, everybody that reached back out to me said, sure, I can talk to you, uh, you know, and, and the gentleman from Stanford we turned a 15 minute chat into a 40 minute conversation. So I think be optimistic about that component because when you do your homework and like I did my homework on a lot of companies that I reached out to just so I had in-depth questions and that I really wanted to know more about, not just, okay, what can I ask them to, you know, have a, get a little content in your questions so you can, you know, they, they know that you've done your homework and then they're definitely going to be genuinely interested in helping you get to where you're going. So yeah, I think, just really focus on if you don't have LinkedIn, if you're younger, just reach out to your contacts from college or maybe some if you know somebody's parents that are in a field that you might like to get into. Again, I think anyone's going to be interested in you wanting to be interested in what they're doing. So that's that's huge. Very cool. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you taking the time to come and share your story. I said it earlier, you know, before we hit the record button, but congratulations. You've done some really nice work here. And during a year with COVID and everything else too, like everything else that people <laughs> yeah. believe are stacked against and you did it anyway. So that is... Yeah, I think COVID has added a little extra layer of interesting component to about everything that's being done now. Yeah, no joke. No kidding. But hey, thank you very, very much and uh, nicely done, sir. 
Hey, many of the stories that you've heard on the podcast are from listeners that have decided that they wanted to take action and taken the first step of having a conversation with our team to try and figure out how we can help. And if you want to if you want to implement what you have heard and you want to completely change your life and your career, then let's figure out how we can help. So here's what I would suggest. Just open your phone right now and open your email app and I'm going to give you my personal email address. Scott at happentoyourcareer.com. Just email me and put conversation in the subject line. And then when you do that, I'll introduce you to the right person on our team and you can have a conversation with us. We'll try and understand your goals and what you want to accomplish in your career, no matter where you're at. And we can figure out the very best way that we can help you and your situation. So open it up right now and send me an email with conversation in the subject line. Scott at happenedyourcareer.com. Once you decide to make a career change, that's really just the first step. Because after that, you're going to have so many things to consider. It feels overwhelming to try to narrow down the work that you want to be doing and where you want to go But the fact that you're going to run into many roadblocks, mental barriers, what we call setbacks, and even walls along the way of different types, well, a lot of people get to this point, and then they allow their own fears to stand in the way of making that change that they really wanted. And you know that at this point, you need to change, and maybe even you know where you want to go, but you don't see how you can actually take the necessary steps to get there. After working with people for years We've proven that the hard work, the endless days, sometimes sleepless nights, and the energy that it took to make a successful transition in their career is worth it at the end. I used to work in the legal industry, and now I work in a nonprofit industry. I work for a large nonprofit company that helps people change in their lives. So that is what I do now. And this is going to be a super fun episode because Caesar was struggling in a not very fun place for quite a while and he knew that he wanted to make a change and he was uber frustrated so he actually invited us to come along for the ride because he knew that he needed help but he did a few things that were particularly amazing and also that you can do too all that and plenty more next week right here on happen to your career make sure that you don't miss it and if you haven't already click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically even the bonus episodes every single week sometimes multiple times a week until next week adios i'm out